Well, here we are back after quite an extended break this year at Windsor, as it seems to be these days. Welcome back, Dr. J. Welcome back, Arden Beach. It has been a bit of a break. It has. Do we call this season three? Yeah, I guess so. Or season (laughs) 2.5. It has been a long one. Yeah, it's been a long one, but back and better than ever. Yep. 2024, we're going to be on the ball. On the ball. On the ball. Plenty of time. We're going to get our our roads to a line or whatever. I think we already got like five guests lined up, including the mayor. The mayor mayor of Windsor. Yes. Coming to a podcast soon. Wow. Also, another distinguished guest, Eddie Bang. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me back. When? How long has it been since you were on? Well, I was on for that little intro part, maybe like two two months ago. Well, we can officially bring you in as a as a guest, and I think that probably the occasion, the big occasion for us, what's given us a lot of excitement, is you're officially on staff. You've been appointed as the equipping pastor here yeah. at WDBC. I know. I was hired for a job I don't understand. That's <laughs> true. Yet, every pastor. <laughs> yeah, what, what does an equipping pastor do? In all honesty, I haven't looked at the job description, but the way I understand it is um, I think I'm simply going to come along a lot of ministry, come alongside a lot of ministries, and just help everyone in that ministry grow, and if need be, maybe develop the systems within the ministry to strengthen them and to strengthen the people in the ministry. That's all I want to do, help people grow. The committee, the search committee, they would they would have discussed all this sort of stuff with you. But if you could just let folks know, what, what would you see are your strengths in ministry? Where, where do your strengths lie? That's a big question already, from, right from the start. <laughs> Pressure's <laughs> on. Pressure's on. Uh, it's a tough thing for me to, I guess, be honest with myself, but I think the things that I've seen God use me in is uh, reconciliation ministries, family ministries, I think. You know, I think that's a big testimony in my life. You know, I had difficulty with my father, a relationship with my father over many years, but I saw God really heal that. And so the principles that, I, that I've seen God use in that relationship, I, I help other families, I guess, reconcile within their families. That's one thing. And so for me... The gospel healing relationships is a big thing. I think that's what it is. I think from the committee's perspective, and I got to sit in on on most of the most of the meetings and the interviews. I think one of the things that we came away with when we interviewed Eddie was just how tangible and and real and impactful the love of God is for you in your life, and the way you point us to that. And I, I know, speaking from the committee, there was just the sense of rightness about about the selection and I think there was a little bit of nerves is he going to apply we hope he applies and uh and and when you did uh I think the committee was sort of silently high-fiving each other (laughs) um yeah uh so we were we were very grateful and and you know I know people have appreciated your preaching and people have appreciated the way that you listen and and um yeah, I'm just surprised, Arden, that you come out the gate, you know, with a very un-Australian question of saying, what are your strengths? You're supposed Bam. to... <laughs> Pressure's on. You signed on the dotted line. Technically, I don't think I signed anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be all technical. No, but I'm very thankful because it's one thing to find a church that you actually like. I don't think that's a common thing these days. Um, but secondly, to find a church that actually likes you back, that's, I think, even more rare. And yeah. so... The fact that my wife and I like truly feel like that at WDBC, like we're so thankful that God brought us 
over the Hawkesbury line. Mm. And and historically, as a, as a culture, and perhaps it's the same around the world, and, it, and this would be a big part of your story too, we're not amazing at looking after our pastors. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> if I had known that, then maybe I would have. <laughs> no, I don't mean WDBC, but okay. just Western churches as a whole, I think. We're not great at keeping our pastors healthy and looked after and you know, and and I suppose seeing the, seeing the journey out successfully. Okay. I don't know how to respond to that. I hope it <laughs> improves. With weeping. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's definitely some bodies by the side of the road. I don't know if it's a morbid image, but um, yeah, if you look across the landscape of churches in New South Wales, Baptist churches in particular, you see scores of vacant pulpits and vacant ministries and, and, you know, getting to spend a little bit of time at the Baptist college, you know, on occasion, I can tell you that, that it's not like we have waves of people coming in to fill those, fill those places. And I think that's a testament to, um, the, the way that doing, you know, doing pastoral ministry today, the, the unique challenges that, that people face in that, um, it can be it can be detrimental, and it can it, it can you know lead to things that really detract from a person's well being. Um, so finding room for breaks, finding room for you know resources that if you if you follow the literature, you know, it's all about <laughs> not not uh, well, I would say that probably half the literature today coming out about ministry is how to survive ministry. <laughs> and the other half is about how to do ministry, uh, which just gives you a bit of a sense of the climate. But, um, the goal is to, is to really change that. And I know for, from our perspective as a leadership here, we, we want to change that narrative. We want this church to be a place that, that not only shows, Hey, we take pastoring seriously. We're going to give our all to it, but, but we're also going to do our best to create an environment that allows people to engage in this difficult work and has a respect and a regard for that um, so that they can see it through to the end and not just sort of, you, you know, turn them and burn them, use them up and, you know, move them on to the yeah. next. It is difficult because I think there are high expectations of pastors these days. Like they expect us to uh, be able to right the ship when mm. things are going wrong. They be able to. Uh, they expect us to be able to counsel any problem that anyone has these days. Mm. Um, they expect us to fix systems. They expect us to improve, like church, grow churches. You know the budgets, the the seats. You know mm. all that kind of stuff, as well as preach really well, teach mm. really well, lead really well, and all these things. And and I think there's a great expectations of pastors these days. And I think when the expectations are that high, I think. Most of us don't have those gifts. Most of us don't have those experiences. And so we're kind of almost destined to fail or at mm. least destined to disappoint. Mm. And um, uh, after being in ministry for this long and surviving for this long, because it really is survival when we've been in it for this long, I take the perspective that, you know, there's nothing I can, there's nothing I can do um, in terms of what other people expect of me. You know, mm. what they expect is what they expect. I can't criticize them for that. But what I hope ultimately they realize is that I'm just a human being, that we're mm -hmm. just human beings. We're just sinners, mm -hmm. fallen sinners, trying to help each other make it to the finish line. Mm -hmm. And if we can just kind of see each other as that, yes, we have a role to play. We will try our best to mm -hmm. put those sermons, you know, the best that we can in the pulpit, lead our, to improve the systems, to, you know, better our church in many, many ways that we can to disciple our people. But ultimately, you know, we're just human beings, right? 
And if we can just see each other as human beings trying to help each other make to the finish line, I think we'll have a great church. Mm. Here, here. Sorry if I went on too long. Don't that's, apologize. That's the idea. Mariah will cut it down to 15 <laughs> seconds of goodness. <laughs> so true. It was all good. Eddie, I'm guessing that many people would be wondering, okay, what's it going to be like to have another pastor on staff here? And, and you just mentioned the word expectations and obviously we don't know everyone's expectations, but um, you know, based on conversations we've had, maybe you've had with the leadership, um, you know, what are a couple areas that, that you're going to try to focus on initially um, as you, as you jump in? Well, according to the survey last year, it's definite um, that people really want to see the youth ministry strengthened in our church, youth ministry, young adults, young mm -hmm. families. And so, and, you know, I think I had a chance to hang out with anchored youth a few times. I got to preach there a few Fridays and like, I was surprised because I remember the first time I walked into anchored youth, I was shocked. It was like an, a youth experience, like no other. I did. I thought it was just a bunch of like um, maybe sons and daughters from mm -hmm. the, the, the church families. And we were just kind of doing a nice, you know, kumbaya service on a, on a Friday, but it isn't, you know, it was, and so I was taken aback a little bit and I was a little, I came home the first Friday and I was like, wow, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on in youth these days. <laughs> I was so scared. I think scared is the right word. Yeah. You know, having, having had to have gone there a few times to preach, like God really opened up my heart for mm. this youth. And I, and after like three, maybe the third time I came home and my heart was very touched because mm. I was like, Oh my goodness, if some of these students truly fell in love with Jesus, they'd be scary for Christ. Mm. And so it got me pretty excited to work with them. And so one group that I really wanted to work with, especially this year, is the youth. And I, mm. I can't wait to kind of get in there. I, as a 51, almost 52-year-old, thinking about working with 16-year-olds, 14-year-olds, it's totally intimidating. I have no idea what language they speak. <laughs> but um, I'm excited to see what God do and if we just offer ourselves and make ourselves available hopefully you know they'll experience god in in deeper ways we'll see that's one area yeah well i love that and i think one benefit for the church as a whole uh with broadening our pastoral capacity and broadening our shepherding capacity is is it does free us up and i'm so appreciative of the church for you know dedicating resources to this is because it does free us up to care for for the flock better and it's you know we've sort of been taking turns being on holidays and we'll get to hear your holiday plans in a second but we've been we we've been taking turns being on holidays and and i just can't wait you know when we're all sort of back and it's like okay we, we can all be pulling and all jumping in two feet and i think the church is really going to feel feel that presence a bit more and I think uh, learn to love it. And, and I'm imagining, uh, and I don't think this is wishful thinking, but I'm, I'm imagining in a few years time, them looking back saying, I don't know how we did it with, with less <laughs> uh, because they'll be, they'll be so appreciative and encouraged. That yeah, sounds yeah. great. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not a lifer like many of the, the, the Windsor people here. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm still fairly new to the church, um, but it feel, it certainly feels like we're in a very healthy place. Mm. Um, there seems to be a lot of, of fresh growth, new people coming along, a ton of baptisms. It seems like we're baptizing people every week. Mm. Um, my sense is we're in a really good place. Mm. It's good to hear. Thanks. All right, now i got a question for you. What did you do for Christmas and New Year's? Sat on the couch, drank Coke, <laughs> let everyone else do the cleanup. It was the best. 
Did you get anything special for Christmas? We had, it was so busy. I mean, it was, we had everything in our house, which was good in the sense that we didn't have to travel anywhere. That was fantastic. Mm. But it was just nonstop. Every day we had some new people over and it was just kind of event after event after event. But it was good. And it kind of ran all the way through to New Year's, really. Um, In terms of presents, a lot of movies, got a lot of movies from gift cards and whatnot. So it was good. Nice. You're a big film aficionado, aren't you? I am indeed. Yep. I got the Lord of the Rings on Blu-ray, so I've already watched all of those with my brother-in-law. That's Do you have cool. a favorite movie of oh, all time? Very hard to pick. The Star Wars ones would be up there, but yeah, very hard to pick. Which Star Wars movie is your favorite? Either the first one, first which, one, which ironically four? is Episode Four. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Episode Four, A New Hope, or Five, Empire Strikes Back. They're they're probably the the peak Star Wars. Yeah, I reckon Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Yeah. Anything by Spielberg is good. Mm. And how about you, Eddie? What did you guys do over the holiday? Well, we took a road trip to Melbourne. Nice. Um, we went through the. We didn't go down the coast. We went through the country, and that was a uh, that was beautiful. Actually, just mm. driving the country at any second, I would tell my kids to stop and just look, and because they're usually on their tablets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, look up, guys, and uh, you just see some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. Uh, you know, after hours, it all looks the same, but mm-hmm. it's still just as beautiful, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. We came to, out to visit you guys in Griffith. Well, that was awesome. That was you know, a great the, Hoff, or the Hoffman, or the Busters, I guess, yeah. out in Griffith. That was wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, Melbourne was really great. We just, uh, but it was just a trip of visiting small towns, mm-hmm. taking photos with big statues of Ned Kelly or, <laughs> you know, we're visiting bakeries in every town and then eating a lot. Okay. So I gained a lot of weight. Okay. Yes. Well, well, it doesn't seem to be showing, so you must be shredding it. Thank you very much. Although that will change after the next pancake night. That's right. That's right. Rebound. It's so, coming back. We'll get to the pancakes in a second, but but uh, what was the strangest big thing you saw? And as an American, I I remember driving into these little towns, and I'm like, what on earth do we have <laughs> statues of like pieces of cheese or you know ping pong balls or I don't like what was the strangest big thing that you saw? Yeah, you know, I'm scared to answer that question because <laughs> I want to be liked by our church, I want to be liked by Australia, <laughs> you know, but. Uh... It, there are bizarre things, you know. Why do we care about big bananas, yeah. you know, or big ram, or rams or sh- merinos? Yeah, yeah, you know, things like that. But the Ned Kelly, I, I, I actually thought it was kind of cool. Okay, so I'm going to go with the positive. Yep. We didn't go in the museum. We just took the photo. <laughs> then we got in the car and left. You know, best so. meal you had in Melbourne? It was this Korean buffet. Um, we were, we just wanted Korean one day and then we were just doing research. It was just 10 minutes from our hotel. Mm-hmm. We didn't think much of it. We get there. It says it opens at 1130 mm-hmm. and we got there like at 1127 and there was always a, there's already a huge line and we're wow. like, oh, how can it, that's know, a good sign. It is, but we're like, is it that good? <laughs> and then it, it, at 11, it was 1130. There were like 40, 50 people in line at 1130. So we're like, okay, we were just going to wait in the car cause it was drizzling. These people are waiting in the rain for this restaurant. So we're like, okay, we should get out before. What if we don't get a table? We got a table. It was actually absolutely amazing. So Wow. Korean food in Melbourne's good. Have you ever interviewed Arden for one of these podcasts? I try, but oh. he always seems to turn it around. I think that, tight box. That, would be, that would be a fascinating uh, <laughs> podcast if that yes. were to happen. But yeah. can I say, can I, can I review a little bit? Sure. Like, I want to say something very encouraging to you, Arden. Because 
um, you had you invited me to one of the Christmas New Year's dinners, like two of them actually. And we and how many know, did you come to? We went to zero, <laughs> but that's only because we were out of you know the city. We weren't we weren't here. But it's so encouraging because you know you you and Marilee invite you know people that you think may not have family here or people who might be more alone during the holidays, and that I just thought that was absolutely wonderful, you know. And so you know, I, it's wonderful what you guys do. I know you said a lot of people are coming in and out of your house, and to me, that's absolutely beautiful. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. no, we really enjoy it, and yeah, Mar- Marilee's always inviting people over. Yeah, it's really good. Now. Night service is still on pause over holidays, yep. but never fear because every year the pancakes come. I don't know if you've experienced this yet, Eddie, being a newcomer, but every summer the Americans bring the pancakes mm. and it's the land of milk and honey mm. and it's it overflows with pancakes and we're doing it again on the weekend at the Pletts home, the mm. home of the Pletts. And yeah. once again, there's going to be a million pancakes. A million pancakes. Joanna said... She multiplied the recipe by 27. Wow. <laughs> Last week, I think. The Hoffman family recipe? It was like the family recipe times 27. So kids, sharpen up your math skills. It comes in handy one day. <laughs> uh, learn your times tables. Um, but, yeah, we want everyone to come out. Uh, there's a link to register online if you're one of those organized people and you know you're planning to come. Do us a favor. Click the link. Go to the website sign up let us know that you're coming that helps us to make sure we get our numbers correct but if you're not one of those people who like to plan or you're one of the last minute crew that's okay too it's why it's pancakes because you just grab another one no one really seems to be counting at least that's what people assure me and uh yeah we come we have a good time had great great fellowship and uh just a good time to really get to know one another and the night services will be back in february i'm curious arden what are you missing most about the night services um, I think we're still getting it through the pancake nights, so probably just the the community. I, I perhaps because of the size, the night service is much smaller than the morning service, so you kind of get that tight knit little bunch. Mm. And we and we have the service, and we typically go out for dinner somewhere afterwards anyway. Mm. So I think that's kind of flowed through with the pancake nights. Mm-hmm. Um, probably for me, I, I think the worship. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just have some wonderful worship times in the night services mm-hmm. where we just kind of leave it open and let God just minister for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not the you don't have the time constraints that you do in the morning. It's mm. great. I mean, I don't want to speak too early because we're only one episode in, but 2024 is going to be the year of the podcast, and we're on a roll. Okay, but this time this time around, this week at Windsor is going to happen every week. That's right. right? Yep. We're going to pinky swear on it. Yeah. Anything new you want to bring to the podcast this year? I don't know. What do you think about bringing in like a recommendation every episode? So, you know, movie rec, book rec, yep. uh, song, you know, something you heard. And I got one for this week, actually. Okay. Watched it this week with my kids. Movie rec. On Prime, you can watch The Jesus Revolution. Oh, right. and, and I know it sounds really cheesy because I'm a pastor and I'm recommending a Christian movie and I ju- usually do not like Christian movies. It's not because I don't like Christians. It's because they're usually poorly made. But this one is really good. I really enjoyed it. And I had a personal, I have a personal connection to it because the guy that Kelsey Grammer plays in the movie is the pastor of the church that I went to as a kid. Yeah. yeah. And so I got to sort of see the backstory of, of that church and how they got started. And it's a really cool... Um, it's a really cool story, not just of revival, but of the humanness and the frailty that comes around revival. And, and it brings out the best things about the gospel, but also shows the realities that I think help us keep 
normal, you know, healthy expectations, I guess, of, of fallen people uh, in the midst of God doing just some amazing, amazing things. On Prime Video. Yeah, Prime Video. Uh, it's called The Jesus Revolution. If you know guys like Greg Laurie or Chuck Smith or Lonnie Frisbee, those are people who have, who were sort of involved in the Jesus movement, uh, hippies coming to Christ in the 70s, uh, sort of spread across the U.S. And the Vineyard Movement actually has its origins in in those uh, some of those leaders. So pretty cool. Really encourage you to check it out. Well, thanks, lads, for joining us. We will do it all again next week. This is This Week at Windsor.